4 a.m. awaken, like 4.05 a.m. jerk off to like hardcore porn, get the fucking blood going. Like, because if you took that kind of uh, approach to, uh, um, you know, fucking people out of their pensions, like you'd be a millionaire. But, Dude, that's crazy. Anyway. Yeah. If there's a video a where a dude says, you know, wake up at 4 a.m. and then jerk off to get the blood flowing, I have to see it. So if, if you know that video, you got to send that to me because I, I would love the so fucking funny. Holy a shit. video of him jerking out. No. <laughs> yes, the video yeah, of him doing that's it. all I heard. I have yeah. to see it, Tony. I'll send you a video of me jerking off at 4 a.m. <laughs> Welcome to the 169th episode of the Casa Ends Creation. I'm your host, Chris Deering. This is the show where interview bands and public figures from the MathCore and MathCore adjacent community. Uh, if you enjoy this content, please like, subscribe, do all the things social. Every little bit helps. And feel free to uh, join us every Sunday and Wednesday for the live cast where you can interact with the guests in real time. Or you can just hang out in the chat. Uh, you can subscribe to this Twitch channel for just 5 bucks to get access to the interviews before they hit YouTube and other streaming platforms, as well as get some exclusive emotes. Uh, you can also do that for free by attaching Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account. It's like taking 5 bucks from Jeff Bezos' pocket and putting it into mine. Uh, with that out of the way, let me introduce our guest today who dropped their debut album, When the Drugs That Made You Sick Are the Drugs That Made You Better, back in August. Welcome in Crippling Alcoholism. How's it going? Good. Thanks for having oh. us. Dude, absolutely. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, why don't you tell us who you are, what you do in the band? Danny, you want to go first? I'm Danny. I play drums, and that's it. <laughs> All right. Straightforward. Straightforward. Uh, I'm Tony. I uh, I guess I do everything Danny doesn't. So kind of you know doing the lion's share over here, but <laughs> uh, everything that isn't drums. So what is everything that isn't drums? I hear like a million different instruments. What what's going on? Uh, it's really not a lot. It's just guitar, bass, and then a lot of uh, synths. Uh, actually, like synth pedals. I'm trying to market that um, synth pedals. Yeah, like a ton of. And then just weird sort of like guitar effects, but everything was played. There were a few things that were played. Um, the recording studio that we went to, um, uh, Blackheart, which is up in New Hampshire. He's a guy, so we worked with Eric. Um, I can always mispronounce his last name. It's Sauter, Sauter. But um, he, uh, he has like a collection of a, like old organs and synthesizers and like a lot of analog shit. So uh, there was a little bit of that in there just because it was sort of spur of the moment. He was like, why don't you use this stuff that's available? But like we brought to the studio just a bunch of guitar pedals, like synth emulators and stuff like that. But it's all analog um, or like mostly analog. And so, yeah, it's pretty much just guitar, bass, and then a lot of like weird effects and stuff. But Honestly, the mixing is really what makes it sound like bigger than, than you know, than the, the sound that I had when I was drafting. Well, uh, let's get into it. How did the band come together? I mean, Dan, so Danny and I have known it. We met when back when I was in uh, the band Needleplay. We were on tour in the Northeast, and then. We met Danny. I don't. Were you guys playing that night when we were in New York, Danny? No, I just came in. Like I saw the bands that were playing, and I was kind of at that point trying to go to shows within that community anyway. You know, so I more or less like I was living upstate at the time, and I came in town. I'm sure there was at least something else I did, but I pretty much came for the show. 
because I saw you guys were playing and Noises and uh, Under the Pier, I think, was playing too. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great tour. I loved that tour. It was that sick. Was, like, it was the like most a fun I've ever had in my life. Was. By far. Those boys are fun. <laughs> and that no, was Ashley from Thin, right? Because Thin... Thin put yeah, that would together. make sense too. Yeah, yeah. And he introduced us. And I had no idea who you were. And he was like, you guys got together. He's like, you guys got to get together and do something. And I was like, I don't know who the fuck this asshole is. Yeah, right. <laughs> but then I heard, uh, I, so I, I didn't realize at that time, because I had actually listened to Horse Torso a lot. Like, on, I think you had the album on YouTube. And I used to just, like, play it. And I, I assumed, like, whoever made this was, like, for some reason, I assumed you were all, like, a, a lot older and, like, um, more decrepit, you know, like, more fucked up looking. Just because the music's so, like, just dirty and, like, very <laughs> discordant. So I'm just picturing, like, a bunch of, like... It's like dirty like, hippies or something. Old, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like something, just people who are like real fucked up with like meth mouth and stuff like that. And so I meet Danny and I don't put two and two together because he looks like a normal, like functioning adult. And uh, then it sort of clicked later. I was like, holy shit, he's the guy who wrote that stuff. And like, also he introduced you as a drummer. I didn't know that you like wrote everything. And so like when I found that out, I was like, all right, I actually do really need to hook up with this guy. And it was like years before we ever really put anything together. Like when we finally started like actually putting our like, you know, declarations into actions. Cause we were constantly for years, just like, dude, we got to do a project together. We had a bunch of other ideas. And then Danny sort of came on from nursing and then you broke your finger. And so <laughs> we couldn't do. Yeah. You, I remember we were going to record some stuff for nursing and he like learned a bunch of shit. And then he broke his finger and he was like, I was like, there's just no way you're going to be able to do these drums for nursing. So like I had already scheduled recording time just to record something. And I had some of this stuff, the crippling alcoholism stuff in my back pocket as like a more like laid back thing. So I was like, how about we just like take it easy while you're recovering um, and do something like a, that's just like way less technical and involved. Uh, and that's sort of how that happened. I know it was a bit of a fucking meandering story, but no, it's all good. I'm surprised you could play anything with a broken finger, Danny. Like what was, well, it was like right well, yeah, no, I, yeah. yeah. So I was healed by the time we did the crippling alcoholism stuff, but you know, yeah, it was funny because I just learned literally the hardest, most complicated, complex, <laughs> dense shit. And like, I feel like, there's got to be a museum somewhere in the world that would be the appropriate place for like the sheet that you sent me that describes all the different riffs within the song. <laughs> like, it's like nothing I've ever seen. It's, it's just like, it was like every riff in the song, whether it lasted two measures or like repeated 16 times, there was like its own section where it was, you know, the meter was given and then it was a description sometimes of just the emotion that the riff gave off. Like, I mean, it, and I'm not, I mean, so this thing had like 42 different riffs, like in a song. I mean, it was absolutely, <laughs> I showed it to like my girlfriend, who's not a musician, just cause it's like, it translates like, like how, like how ridiculous that is, you know? So, and then, right. And then I like injured my finger and it wasn't like really like a full break, but it was something that I wasn't able to play for. It was, I think it was like two full months, which oh, was God, such, that like, would I drive had, me crazy.
it was it sucked and i was lucky that it didn't ha- even though i had to cancel a handful of things and that sucked it was still better than if i had if it had happened later in the year because like i had like a tour with another band a couple months after i just right. you know the spring is always busier than the winter so like yeah either way it was like you know the crippling alcoholism stuff like still has like some complexity but yeah it wasn't you know compared to that it was like all right oh like, yeah well, you just know. songs. So I think there's more parts in one nursing song than like half of that album. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah like if the, the whole, whole crippling album was one song long, it would yeah. still be like a yeah. third of the parts, you know? Yeah. So I feel like there was two pieces of news here that we got to like, you know, uh, talk about real quick. First of all, nursing's still a thing because I was kind of wondering if this was taking the place of nursing because some of the uh, the riffs and stuff sound very similar. It's a lot of the s- similar themes and stuff. So nursing's still a thing then? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, the, the thing about nursing is it's like with that first album, there's definitely like a standard of fucking technicality, right. which for me is like very stressful because I'm like, all right, man, I actually have to practice and like, you know, I, it, it's fucking brutal. Like for that album, I was staying up to like three, four in the morning every night for like weeks, just trying to like get all that shit down. And so Danny broke his finger. Jonathan was going through some shit too, the singer from nursing. Uh, and at that time there was those two things coming together. And I was like, all right, let's just like take it easy on the whole nursing front. Let's pivot to this other thing. I've already paid for this recording. And I kind of don't want it to go to waste and I didn't want to wait because it takes so fucking long to record anything, especially if you want to do it like at a studio mm. and like just getting the money together and stuff. So I was like, all right, I'm really passionate about this other thing. Danny, would you want to be involved in that? And then by then his finger had healed and um, uh, Jonathan was like, uh, had like recovered from the shit that he was going through. And it's like, Ironically, we probably could have done nursing in that same deadline, but I kind of had to make an executive decision because I was like, w- right now, like, and this was like a month out, I think. Uh, I was like, I don't think we're ready to record. Certainly not nursing because it's just, it's just like, it's literally just like part, 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 part. Everything is like so chaotic and fast, and like for me, I find it really taxing. And I was like, I don't have time for this right now. <laughs> like, we have to do something a bit more laid back and less demanding music and to be fair like so like i i still love nursing and, and like for, from a from a strictly like music like a, from just as a musician it's awesome to play that kind of stuff but it's like i don't really honestly listen to a lot of technical stuff that much these days like i listen to more of like uh like just simple like a lot of punk stuff or like even like easy listening like older like baroque pop i listen to fucking just like straightforward electronic music and uh the fucking doomy stuff like what i was and at that time i was like i'm not i'm not even really feeling like the really crazy technical stuff back when i had uh fuck did i even call that album um self-care i was like all about that music and in that moment and so it was like really fulfilling for me to play it but like I don't know. It just made more sense to switch over to this project. Okay. And uh, the other uh, piece of news that you guys just said was that Danny's drummer for uh, nursing. I didn't know that uh, that, that was the case. Yeah. I Hell mean, yeah. We, Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's going to have to relearn all that shit. I know. Like, 
I'm sure some of it is back there somewhere, but like, oh my God, yeah, I'm gonna need to ju- dust off that that essay about the song. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would love to record that stuff because it was like, you know, I had enough time with it that I was starting to formulate more like ideas for what I could do and just get more comfortable with certain things. But that was, I think I only learned like, a couple songs <laughs> yeah we all, we only had like three or four but they were, they were very jam-packed yeah yeah three or four of those is like yeah, yeah. five albums um so yeah that'd be great to record that shit why the name crippling alcoholism it's a sick name by the way and like i've said y'all's name a couple times and people are just like fuck that's a sick name for a band i'm like yeah it fucking is so yeah yeah because i think <laughs> so we're on the math Mathcore podcast. I just listened to it the other day, and Christian and uh, Levi were like, "Look, we, you know, as whatever we feel about this music, we're like, we fucking hate the name." And I totally really? get that, yeah. dude. The name so, is so I, good. I, I, oh my god, no, no. But no. so, but ironically for me, that was the one thing I was confident about. Like, I was like, I'm not sure about this music. I don't know how it's going to resonate. I don't know. I felt it felt like very experimental. The problem, the most difficult thing about this was I couldn't just rely on like technical shit because like, and, and as hack as this is going to sound, and it absolutely is with a lot of like nursing and then like even needle play, I was like, it's all right if it's like not even that creative because it's super fucking fast and people <laughs> who are into that shit are into that shit. Okay. It's like the blast beats equivalent. You're like, it doesn't need to be like well-written. It can just be like fucking fast and people are going to feel it or it's like crazy technical that could not rely on any of that with this. I'm like, damn, I actually have to like write songs and I have to have like some kind of like coherence to them. But oh, man, I have um, to be good so now. I, damn. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, dude, yeah, yeah. Everything. But, um, no, it was, uh, that the name I was like, I'm, but I'm a hundred percent, I, you know, behind the name. And the, so the name is like a, uh, it's an homage to, uh, uh, the subreddit crippling alcoholism, which is like, my favorite of all subreddits. It is really? just a very fucked up place. And so the disclaimer, when you ever go to r slash crippling alcoholism, um, it's essentially like, this is not for like problem drinkers or like weekend warriors, they call it. They're like, this is for people who have like surrendered to like death and are like, and it it's a fucking big subreddit. It has like, I think 60,000 like active members and just every day it's just nonstop, just like agonizing stories. And, but it has like a whole community to it. And it's this like sort of community built on suffering. And it's like, I, it's stuff I struggle with too, like personally. Um, And so I resonate with it really well. And like when I was in my like darkest days, uh, it was a subreddit that I, and I kind of online community that like really actually, ironically gave me a lot of hope because it's so brutally honest and like everybody there who is who's at once you're i mean when you're visiting that subreddit it's like something brought you there uh everyone there has their own like trauma and like just fucked up shit that they're dealing with and it is this kind of like sort of brutally honest community uh where people are like coping with their suffering because like a lot of like recovery and sobriety stuff like just doesn't work for certain people 
it just their brains are not and so you you almost need to like uh, like find alternative ways to like deal with that shit and like honestly like there's just people who are like i just i'm drinking and then one day like i'm gonna die and that's the choice that they made and like if that gets you through the fucked up shit in your life like just fucking so be it man like everybody has their shit and there are way worse things to do to people like as long as you're not hurting anyone yeah uh, oh, damn. i don't know uh, i'm not sure if i articulated it it was just like a very it just resonated with me a lot it was a place i went to all the time uh and uh they have a whole like subculture to it uh, well like your lyrics really uh uh reflect that kind of like uh situation and stuff like that we'll, we'll definitely up, yes. get to it we'll definitely get to that part but uh just wanted to set it up a little bit more before we do that um so why the album title when the drugs that make you sick are the drugs that make you better i guess you kind of just said it now that i'm thinking about it uh that yeah, like some exactly. people are just kind of like resigned to doing that to uh you know like just well no it's their like life or whatever well i mean it's so like it oh, oh so a lot of that stuff and like the titles and the lyrics and even like the crippling alcoholism like title is, is like, there's like the literal reference. And then there's a sort of like the broader, like, you know, symbolic reference of like, there is literally a place in addiction where you have been doing X drug substance and you had now have accrued like agonizing symptoms, either through withdrawal or like just destroying your body and the only thing that will like alleviate that ironically is the substance that did all that shit to you. Right. Mm. And it's so you're in this kind of prison. Yeah. You're in this prison and like you, you like a lot of functioning like addicts, like they, I'm they can attest to this. It's like, you, you know that like you're slowly destroying your body, but like to break out of that prison to like either whether it's like confronting like withdraws head on or like confronting all the psychological trauma that you've been accruing or like facing all the people that have like cut you out of their lives or for whatever reason, like to break out of that cycle is so difficult. So you end up in this kind of like equilibrium where you're constantly hurting yourself. But the thing that you're hurting yourself with is also the thing you're using to combat that hurt. Mm. and like and so for me like that i think can be applied to more things than just like illicit or like illicit substance abuse or like alcoholism where it's like a lot of the things in our own lives that are like outside of something that's extreme as extreme as addiction whether it's like sex or food or your like sort of social media or like the content that you consume are like hurting you and putting you in the exact same prison where they, they're both providing like a ton of hurt, but they're also your escape from that hurt. Mm. And it's like very difficult to break out of these things, but it's also like kind of a, it's almost like a necessary state of being for like modernity, like just in this like current climate. Uh, and there are people who are like, who can break out of that kind of stuff and like, but it's very difficult. God damn, dude, that's so that's so fucking deep, man. Uh, I feel like this is too I'm good just, of a segue to I'm not take. So kidding. we're just gonna go straight to the lyrics, cause uh, I, dude, I fucking love the lyrics, man. I think they're 
perfectly artful and full of metaphors, but it's not so much imagery that it's hard to like actually understand what the song's about. Like you can clearly tell what each song's about. Um, uh, they're like super fucking dark too. Is like what you've been talking about. Uh, I really like this segment from uh, Group Home. Uh, I am ski mask. Ski mask. I am rope. I'm the knife in your hand when you split your throat, and I'm close. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> That's just so fucking dark, man. It's so good. Uh, I mean, you. The question I had after that was where you get your inspiration from, but it's obvious you get it from uh, this Reddit and uh, from things you feel like are similar. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I like draw like I. So Danny and I, Danny can kind of attest to this because like when we started this, like I was like, I don't want the name to be too misleading. I don't want all these songs to be about like addiction or certainly not like specifically alcoholism. It's like the so for me personally, like my experience with that kind of stuff has been like very enlightening into the sort of undercurrent and like darkness that like reality is shrouded in and like has introduced me to like a kind of like agony that I couldn't even imagine prior, which like opened me up to all the like agonies that other people go through and like are omnipresent so it's like a starting point but it's definitely not like they're not all i mean i don't even think really any of the songs are about like alcoholism uh specifically uh it's just again it's like trying to be like symbolic of that but um and like danny like i don't know if you remember that conversation what the specific yeah. conversation about the lyrics like or just about the name just yeah it's just like a name and I, or just not wanting everything to be or like even really anything to be about, right like, straight like alcoholism per se it's just a name you know like meth right that like right. Another, a band that i fucking love when i listen to their stuff i'm not like oh they're talking about meth like i mean right talk about creative lyrics the uh that band they like created their whole like it's like a, almost like a religion or like a cult that they're like calling to and uh, uh mother of red light yeah and they have this whole like yeah. mythos mythos and like occult ideology stuff and that they've like created so it's like the name from this is how that name resonated with me i have no idea what what the name meth and now it's meth period uh it, it was actually like going for with their name but when i listened to their stuff and like took the name to consideration it was like meth is such an extreme like brutal drug and it like evokes that kind of imagery and like symbolism in your mind which is like reflected by their music but it's not none of their songs for me really seem like they were about like meth use and like they're certainly not like uh, you know, confined to that. Uh, I have no idea like what their actual lyrical, but it doesn't, it didn't seem like that to me. And so like that, that would be like a parallel. Like I didn't want all our songs to be, you know, about like fucking alcoholism or anything, but uh, it's, it's yeah. just like extremeness and like the succinctness and like that, that's a real thing from that subreddit. It's like when I went, when I went on that, and you just see like a page called crippling alcoholism. It's so like just blunt and blatant. Right. And it just really captures the fucking shit that these people are going through. I'm like, whatever that like abstract thing is like, that's what I wanted to focus on. 
So do you come yeah. up with the like stories and the lyrics and stuff yourself, or are you like taking them from like that subreddit or like other like areas? No, I don't take it from that. Just the name. I don't. I, and nothing else. I had. I really took from that subreddit. It's, it's just like the the band's name is a well. Like, everything else ideas is from like other like, places and stuff too, because I know there's like a lot of other like different like you know uh themes or whatever in the lyrics but like some of it would be hard to i feel like it would be hard to quantify as like you know as yourself you know what i mean like you'd have to like no no yeah else's like story i feel like yeah i mean like the fuck i mean they're dark lyrics and the fucking world's a really dark place and there's right. no end to like inspiration for that kind of stuff and like i don't know it's like a lot of stuff that i was sort of and I kind of was touching on this in uh, with nursing, but like with this album, it was like more sort of uh, present. It's just like how everything just seems to be about like domination and authority and how that kind of like manifests and like sex and our relationships with everyone and like how like, uh, you know, fucking uh, traumatized and abused everyone is and just like the fucking growing, like almost like I'll, t- I'll give you one specific example like i was getting really into uh i don't know if it's schizo or schizo posting where it's like shit posting but all the shit post content is like around like either like schizo affective disorder or like basically losing your grasp on reality and they have a whole like you know meme culture to them and like the rise of that and like how that's reflected in or how that's like a reflection of just like how people are kind of doing on average uh, when they're like sort of because of all the insane like media and people have no fucking community and they're so atomized and and you're constantly told that like anything that's going wrong in your life is your fault and you have to be competitive and beat the fuck out of other people and get their shit. Uh, And like just how like that leaves people with an almost like schizoaffective like take on the world with it. You don't know what to believe. You're like actively uh, rebelling against like the whatever status quo, but you're not even sure how to do that because like any kind of rebellion you take almost seems like a fucking uh, just an extension of the status quo itself. You know, like when people go to like Hot Topic and they get like punk rock clothes and they're like, oh, I feel like I'm, you know, really transgressive. And it's like, no, you're just another expression of the system that you're like trying to transgress. It's like, you know, there's like a million examples of that. And like just people having like no real uh, like like losing their like grasp of reality and uh, but having a kind of like angst to it. like that song uh your body is a gulag uh was like definitely a reference to like the schizo schizo posting world where there's this like retro sort of like violent retribution that a lot of people want because they have like really fucked up lives and they want like they want people to like pay for it uh and so yeah like a lot of american like psychosis is like goes hand in hand with like extreme violence or just like random acts of fucking carnage. Uh, and that's something that like, I don't know. I feel like, I know I'm going off on a fucking, no, 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 this is great. Here, keep going, but, keep going. You're good. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I think that like, it doesn't necessarily, again, like 
a lot of the lyrics are like take on extreme content, but they're like more, they're like, I don't know, it's just supposed to be more symbolic of things that like everyone's going through. Like everyone kind of like does fucking hates the government or you fucking hate other people in whatever group, for whatever reason, you have a kind of like, uh, you know, resentment and uh, like, fascination with violence just because like we're bombarded with violence and media and our entertainment all the time and like you hear on the news about the more like extreme cases of people who just like snap from that and like shoot up an office building but like it's something that affects all of us uh right god damn dude you're so good at like quantifying like you know what's your uh What's your like, inspiration behind the lyrics and shit is? You should write a fucking book or something, honestly. That, like, that was super interesting to, uh, to listen to. Well, thanks, Chris. <laughs> not ready for I, I feel well, bad I'm fucking talking the whole time, but... Dude, no, that was super, super good. Like, I've, I've never had somebody uh, explain their lyrics as well as that. Like, uh, that was great. Usually it's just people, like, you know, they just have, like, a story in their head or something like that, you know what I mean? And you're just, like, I don't know. Talking about how brutal I mean, the fucking world is and shit. Like, dude, it's so think, it's fucking true, too, you know? I think another thing is that, like, the cool thing about music and lyrics or, like, whatever fucking poetry writing uh, is that a lot of times, like, you're expressing things that you can't really, like, capture with words. You know what I mean? Like, that's kind of the whole point of it is, like, you have a vibe or a and you're like, I can't really articulate this but like or or with like words or conversation tools but like i can capture it in like really fucked up imagery and like really fucked up instrumentals and stuff like that the thing and it's like a lot of it is like i just have like a vague image of like what and i'll like talk to danny about this and like um honestly my uh, fiance i'll like talk to her a lot about this she really helped me uh like work through a lot of stuff um which like I kind of have like a vague idea of what I want to talk about, but I, I don't really know what I'm saying until it's like almost until I've like almost finished the song, if that makes sense. So and you do. Um, I forgot what it's fucking called. Uh, where you just start writing shit down, and eventually it makes sense. I fucking yeah, yeah. I mean, I have like a vague idea of what I want to say, but like I don't know. It's not. I think some people are like they're just they have like a fucking. Uh, blueprint of like exactly what they want to talk about and like what um, like I just don't have the like bird's eye view to really like to be able to handle that I kind of just like will start writing something and if I think it's like resonating with what I wanted to talk about then I'll like keep going and if I think it sucks then I'll just be like alright scrap that well shit man they're all fucking great well, and Dan, Danny actually talked because we originally, we, I think the final album was what, eight songs? Originally, I had 13. And Danny was God like, damn, that'd be way when too Danny long, came bro. on, he was like, he was like, he's like, I look a lot of this stuff, like, I really vibe with. I think we can do it, but like, it needs to be shorter. And it was <laughs> oh, like, yeah. what about this yeah. one? Do we really need this one? Because it sounds a lot like this one. And I was, and at first I'm like, no, no, it's perfect. It needs to be what it is. Like it's my little art thing. And uh, now I'm very glad he talked me down because there was a lot of like repeated themes and like concepts. And uh, I, I'm very glad. Like I think 
my, I have a tendency to put too much shit in. And then, and honestly, like people see a 13, if it's over like 10 tracks, a lot of people look at that and they're like, I'm not even going to fucking begin to listen to this. Right. Yeah. It's, your it's eyes too fucking over. long. Yeah. Well, also like yeah, nowadays people's, on what's on the cut. <laughs> nowadays people's like attention spans like all fucked up too. So like you're lucky if they'll yeah, sit yeah. down and listen to a full album nowadays anyway. So I'm glad which he talked you down for, <laughs> for some of the tracks. Yeah, which is funny because, like, when I was in high school and, like, listening to Swans, like, Swans will have, like, a fucking 17-minute song that is, like, drone, and you don't even get to the real, like, instrumental meat until, like, 10 minutes into it. And, like, I loved that shit. Or, like, I don't know, a ton of, like, uh, that kind of, like, post-rock, like, uh, atmospheric black metal stuff or, like, some of the more, like experimental like noise stuff it's like super fucking long like right fucking two hour albums and, and now like, people are making music for tiktok and shit where it's like yeah like, yeah exactly like a minute or something it's like a full song <laughs> is like too much they're like you really need a full three minutes it could be <laughs> looking at the are, other intros are a thing of the past at this point because yeah you do an intro one too many times and people are like never mind and I, yeah, I'm not conditioned for this. Right, yeah, straight to the uh, to the hooker. Yeah, we tried yeah. to like have kind of an intro, but we didn't want to like drag it out too much. But even then, people are like, the intro is like takes way too long. It's like, bro, put down the vape pen for like two seconds and just like <laughs> listen to something. Like, not even Dude. like our shit. Just like <laughs> there is some. <laughs> It goes brown, brown, brown five times, and it should go yeah. brown, brown, brown three times. You know? <laughs> it's got to be an odd number because, like, that makes things interesting and surprises you. But five's too long. Just, just saying. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, how would y'all classify your music? Like, what genre would you put it under? What do you think, Tony? I don't know, like noise rock, I guess, or like we're post mathcore. All right. Okay. Okay. That's it's science we started, no, <laughs> no um, definitely not. Fuck science. Yeah. Fuck. That's right. Tony hates science. Hates science. Yeah, dude. Is that like a like chemist hate like astrophysics type of thing or you you no, when, you, like you told me before your your theory on it of just everything's like hypothetical even stuff that's like supposedly proven. It's like it can only be hypothetically like no dude the fucking <laughs> the online like science ism community like people and what it is is people cannot handle not having god in their life so then they replace it with science and and also it's like their own narcissism and egoism where they have to be fucking smarter than everyone because they read wikipedia articles on like quantum mechanics where like hasn't even really been like there's no real solidified uh, like answer to a lot of these questions and they're like oh let me tell you about like quarks and fucking strong nuclear forces it's like all right settle down dude and everything <laughs> they fucking love elon musk everything can everything can be fixed by science they're like oh yeah, yeah. like you're you're lonely and like you want to kill yourself like science dude we're gonna science that away and it's nothing <laughs> to do with like you finding meaning in your life or like having a community but like we're you know I, I, anyway that is a completely non I'll take your word for it, man. You're smarter than me. That's not true at all. I, just I like science, that world that's just I work. Yeah, I like Neil deGrasse Tyson, man. Lay off. Dude, he's the shit. I love it. <laughs> he gets a lot of shit. He gets a lot of shit because he's not like, he's not like, you know, hardcore 
scientists and he like, you know, scientists are like, oh, he dumbs it down for the public. It's like, that's his fucking job is yeah, to make don't. things accessible right. to like normal people who don't fucking. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta on, like, dumb it down. I mean, like if dumbing it down just means changing the language to express the same exact point, then yeah, of course, dumb it down. Like that's how you teach. I mean, that's what teaching is like you dumb it down because you're giving it to someone who's trying to learn it from you. I don't know. If you, if you can't dumb it down, then you don't understand it. If you yeah, just right, recite right. the totally. like technical, like fucking nuances, then it's because you've just like memorized it. If you can't like make some kind of like simplistic, like metaphor or something, then you have no fucking idea what you're talking about. Oh, yep. That's the thing about teaching God, too. Yeah. Exactly. Like you're breaking yeah. down what you do. And if you can't analyze what you're doing, you, there must not be that much depth to it. Like, I don't know. You, you see that in music all the time, right? Where people just like memorize like talking points or like some fucking, uh, what an Adam Neely, like some yeah. Adam Neely video that then all of a sudden then PhD, uh, self-appointed PhD in uh, music theory. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Jacob Collier, just, Adam Neely. Jacob Collier. Other? Rick Beato. I don't know anything about. That. I don't know any of these names. That My saying, dad loves them. That's all I know. <laughs> My dad would love Rick Beato. Yeah, Rick Beato because he's a, he's like a dad's musician. Yeah, I like to get a beer with that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Talk about cars. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, what are some of like the big influences that uh, went into the music? Um. Uh, so for me, the biggest one was, uh, do you know who Scott Walker is? He's like an old pop singer from the sixties and seventies. No, so he did. He, so he did, he, he was in a band, which was like, there, it was like easy listening. Like it's stuff that you could like play in front of your grandma and she'd be like, Oh, this is lovely. I have to know who this uh, guy is. Cause I listen to that kind of stuff too. Like oldies. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I love. Oh yeah. Brothers. You love Scott, Scott Walker. You know, the Walker brothers, he was in the Walker brothers and this, couple of like they had like some big hits i just googled this, like, it and i came up with a politician so that's not correct oh yeah there's scott walker <laughs> yeah, scott walker no, oh god him. yeah yeah not him different scott walker scott walker <laughs> from the walker brothers musician yeah he's got that album patriots for the tea party now <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> the tea party remember that shit yeah like, scott, i felt so inspired by his politics that i was like i'm gonna make this really <laughs> fucked up noise rock <laughs> Yeah, right. I don't know if I know any of these songs. Maybe if like I heard him or whatever, I would know him. But uh, anyway, anyway, he does this. He does this kind of like so. He's one of those guys who like made his money doing like mainstream pop, which I actually really fuck with. But then as he was got a little more independence, he started doing like way cooler stuff and like solo stuff. And the Walker Brothers, which is his band, had this album called Night Flights. And it has this song on it called The Electrician, which is about, I think it's about like a CIA operative, like torturing someone through like electric, you know, applied like Jesus. Uh, electrical currents. But it's like beautiful. And he has this like very like captivating, uh, like kind of baritone to it. And there's like a whole orchestra behind it. And uh it was in this movie called Bronson, which is about this, like, uh, it was a, based on a real guy who was, like, this brutally violent criminal who just constantly, he was in jail for, like, three years for doing, like, a petty, 
uh, armed robbery, and but he ended up spending life in jail because he kept fighting everyone and fighting the guards and like starting riots and like just beating the shit out of him. So there's a movie about him called Bronson, uh, where that's his like Charles Bronson is his like alter ego or whatever, not the real Charles Bronson. But anyway, that movie, the opening scene has the electrician in it, which is the first time I heard that song. And I was just like, this is the coolest. And it's like a scene of him like beating the shit out of some like uh, English, like riot police or something or like prison guards. And it's set to this song, The Electrician. And I was like, this is fucking awesome. Like, And I, that for me is what like really set me off. I was like, whatever's happening here, like I want to fucking do something with that steal some of these ideas hmm. uh, it's very similar to clockwork orange actually you have that poster going. oh dude fucking love it's clockwork like it's orange. like very much like there's a ton of references to clockwork orange it's very strongly rec- recommend that movie and scott walker's movie. so that was for me that was like the biggest thing huh I need uh, and movie then out. like like daughters daughter i love daughters is music um uh like you could definitely Jesus tell that's lives. a big in- inspiration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, and if anything, I was like, God, I really hope I'm not like fucking ripping these guys off. Uh, but like, I, t- I feel like our stuff, we were trying to make more uh, like melodic songs than okay. like just noise, like stuff with where I was actually like singing. There's a melody. Uh, there's a lot of like sort of screaming as well, but like. That was a big thing. We're like, can we write like catchy stuff? Um, like stuff that you, if you, if you didn't know how fucked up the lyrics were, you could show it to someone. They'd be like, oh, like I kind of like a normal person. They would kind of vibe with it. <laughs> and like, I have normal friends who don't listen to like fucked up music and I'll show it to them. And they're kind of like my litmus test. Like, is this like accessible? There's something like really cool about like having a kind of accessible component with it, but also having the more like extreme fucking like math core adjacent and like noise rock influence stuff. Like I like mixing those two. Mm. Uh, I like straight up just experimental shit as well, but I've, I don't know. Uh, Interesting. Well, it's a like, very like original sound. Uh, I mean, you talk about these influences thank and you. stuff, but like, Honestly, I can't really like compare you straight up like one to one with another band. So uh, I feel like no, that, y'all are doing for, something really different here. For Danny and I, that was like that was a big thing because we were like, obviously, like there's a ton of fucking bands that we love and are influenced like the way we the way we play and the way we write. But like we kept ha- having to check like, all right, is this its own thing? Uh, and I think there was stuff early on in the drafting stage that like sounded a bit too much like a. Uh, like a fucking daughter song or uh, like a Jesus lizard song. And I was like, all right, I have to pull back on that. I'm going to, or just throw it out just because I don't know. Hmm. There's all, those bands are all, they already did it. Like there's no point. Like, you right. know, the, there's like you, you don't want to be like derivative or whatever. I guess. Yeah. Like your music, right. The sound that ends creation, like whether or not someone likes your music, they have never heard something that sounds quite like that. Right. <laughs> like that's one thing. Even if they're like, I fucking hate it, they at least have to admit, I've never heard something that sounds exactly like this. Like, there's no real, like, right. and if they one. have, I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. And, uh, and that could be like, and it also, like, I imagine for you, it's really tough because 
your music is so like fucking experimental and out there that you're kind of in like unchartered territory. And a lot of people like don't like that. They like the familiar. They're like, it sounds different from a thing that I can't compare it to anything that I know. I don't like this. You know what I mean? That's their right. like, that's their like knee jerk reaction. And so it's tough to that's like the blessing and the curse. Yeah. Being in that category that is the lack of a category, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's the best place to be. And, you know, yeah, same with first tour. So not to cut you off. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, and it's, I, I guess if I decided I wanted to do a genre that was more clear and like had these tenets to it, that if I like abided by that, it would be accepted or whatever. But I mean, like, first of all, I can't imagine being inspired to write anything that way, but no, I fucking kill myself. Yeah. But I mean, like, I don't think I could really in, in that I wouldn't get motivated enough to go through the motions to do it. Uh, and I think also, the one like well there's a few benefits to it i mean other than maybe being remembered for more than a couple years after you do what you're doing um yeah you know the other thing is that you get like i mean you know all bands get like people that love their music but i feel like we get less but the people that love it just like love it like they would like kill someone for it you know um that level the, this one that we put out yeah like the yeah just well, just I mean, in general we in general we have, like, like no real yeah in general people that do shit that is like uncategorizable the people that love it really love it and i'm sure a lot of that is because yeah you're not gonna there's only one of that you know i don't know yeah no dude, that, and that's how i felt about like a lot of that's like when i first heard chat pile and i was dude, like those i've guys never heard anything cool like shit. this yeah, and you just had uh, their guitar player on, right? Yeah. Uh, I watched part of that. I forgot his first name, but something Manhole. Luther Manhole, that's it. Yeah, Luther, yeah, yeah. Luther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, fuck, those guys are incredible. Oh, yeah. That's another huge inspiration for us. That was one of those bands because, like, I love their that vocal style of where it's just a guy, like, having a mental breakdown. It's not. It's not even really, like, screaming or yelling. He's just, like, talking to you as if he's, like, having a full fledged like psychotic break from reality. And I was like, that is when I first heard it, I was like, I must've listened to that first EP, like uh, just endlessly. Like I, it was one of the Will's X guys that showed, or no, 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 not the first one. The second one with um, Dallas Beltway. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the first, I, one of the guys from Will's X showed me that song when we were like jamming together up in New Hampshire. And it's like a two, it was like a, two hour drive back home. And I just listened to that one song the entire two hours. I just kept restarting it. I was like, and it was just like filling me with like so much emotion and like with, cause it's like, it, it's very, it resonates with you emotionally, but you also like the musicianship is like awesome. Like the fucking ideas and the riffs and the atmosphere and the fucking like just terror and the production is so good. That, that's one of those bands that I was like, this, this has now changed my taste. Like in a in a very like uh, like measurable way. Uh, Chunks Bar chat says that it's uh, remove your skin, something like that. I think it's please kindly remove your skin. I, uh, like remove, remove your skin, skin, please. Remove your skin, sure, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one that did it for me too. Like in the song "Mask," I was like, "Mask is great song. too." Yeah. Uh, 
yeah i think spotify just kind of like put that on my in my algorithm or however that works and it was just like holy shit what is this they're like danny you're so cool you're gonna love this new cool music yeah (laughs) i had to hear it through a friend i'm not cool enough but no we get it cool why were you listening to tom sawyer by rush (laughs) <laughs> oh. you have oh you have an excuse you were teaching a 12 year old okay that's fine um <laughs> uh so y'all recorded this at black heart sound studios uh recording and mixing by eric Sauter. already talked about him a little bit and was mastered by zach weeks at god city studios uh what was the whole uh, experience like how long did it end up taking uh over something like the uh, Good and bad parts of it. Dude, Eric is the man. I mean, like, I'm honestly like, I think I there were a lot of times with this where I uh, was like, either like financially or just like creatively was just gonna like kind of give up and like at the, Eric at, just from day one, Eric was like, I fucking love this shit. Like, I'm down. I showed him these drafts and he was like, I'm so fucking about this, which is awesome when you're like starting a new project. And we didn't even have like a, a demo that we could do ourselves and kind of like babysit ourselves. We were going like, I was like, I just wanted, I don't think this is going to work unless we have like really good production. And I don't feel like I can do the production on my own, like even just recording like raw signals. So we uh, like hooked up with Eric and he's got a really fucking nice studio up in uh, Manchester, New Hampshire. And like, uh, and he had done Will's X's stuff, which is very like sonically, um, like it's fucking masterful. Um, and it puts a huge emphasis on production. And so I was like, all right, if he can handle all the insane shit that the Will's X guys play, he can probably handle our like synthy stuff. Right. Uh, and yeah, absolutely. Like it was just so awesome because he really kind of like got what we were doing from day one. Uh, which I honestly have never experienced. Like most, most times that I've done, I've only recorded in a professional studio, like a handful of times, like probably four or five times other than with Eric. And like each time the the sound engineer is just like, yeah, it's a fucking job. Or you're like, how does that sound? He's like, fine. Like, I don't know. You're paying me regardless, which sucks. Like when you're like starting out and you don't necessarily like, you don't exactly know like where you're going you're still trying to figure everything out and you're not sure if it's like uh right you're looking to get that feedback yeah and and just have like enthusiasm and someone who's like sharing a kind of uh like energy with you and like eric was that in spades um and he has like just awesome he also puts like a huge emphasis on like analog um fucking equipment in general and like uh, we have a lot of like the same like types of production that we like. And, uh, so it was, it was awesome. And he loves like old synthesizers and stuff. So do I, and he was really feeling the whole like synth element. So it was, it was awesome working with him. He's also like extremely smart, very, he's a musician himself, like really talented guy. Uh, it was all, I loved going up there. Like for me, that's like my favorite part. I think I like that even more than like playing live shows because there's just something like, you have more control there and you're like in, you're still in the, you have an, you've, you have enough pre-written so that you're not like nervous about coming up with something new, but you also haven't like solidified everything. So you still get to be kind of creative. And then you have access to like all these amazing, all this amazing equipment and sounds that like 
yeah, I'm in my office right now, which where I, or my fucking like office I share with my fiance. Um, and like, I just don't have access to that kind of like production. So like to really hear it for the first time, like sounding how you kind of envisioned it in your head is fucking awesome. And like when Danny came in, I remember like, dude, Dan, I, I really am like so insanely lucky to have Danny on this project. I remember Danny came in for one day. He drove up from New York all the way to New Hampshire and he had to do all eight songs that day. And it was like, it kind of took a while, like, like any time with recording, like if you have an eight hour day, like the first hour or two is just like setting up fucking drum mics and shit. So he's got like six hours to do like eight full songs. And it's like, we're saying how simple they are, but it's still like, that's a lot of material to do in one day. And he just fucking nailed it. And he's doing like, all, he's doing all these like changes on the fly. Like each session, each drum take was like slightly different than the other. And Eric just like, we're in the recording booth and he's just like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, he's like, where did you find this fucking guy? And he's like sending like videos to his drummer. And he's like, dude, you got to get good. Like, this is what good is. Like, <laughs> it's like very jokingly, but yeah. only in the morning in chat says, uh, but that's okay. Cause he's a fucking machine. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It is crazy. I, I was blown away. Like he's a real fucking musician. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, the thing, too, with the drum parts is like, you know, I'm guessing you felt this way about the parts as they were presented on the demo. Like, they were, you know, deliberate beats for each. Like, you know, I don't. it didn't sound like you put any beats in there that were kind of like, oh, okay, I don't know. It's just going to be like a, a bunch of fills or it's going to be whatever. It like, it had like melodic passages within it that made sense the entire way through and like not even just that but just like you know creatively i like agreed with the like you know i mean not that yeah, whatever, yeah. But I, like I, you know it wasn't like i listened to someone i was like oh that seems like a weird like super imposition over something it was like all of it made perfect sense and it like had a lot of space while also having like frantic dense like fills it was just like they were all positioned in these places that made perfect sense so like I feel like I kind of just memorized like the general vibe of those. And then it was still like just improvising my version of the fills or the beats or adding whatever kind of like, you know, yeah, again, like influential, whatever, you know, type of stuff that I'm in to uh, like adding that vibe to it. But like, yeah, like the content of it was all just kind of like, clear and obvious you know so it really did feel like i was just able to kind of like do the parts that you already kind of conceived of um and just yeah like kind of do them my way uh yeah it's fucking awesome and then like that production touch where eric basically just cracked the door open to the room that the drums were in like you know it was like a decent sized room it's not like an iso booth you know whatever uh, so the you know, we wanted to get like a lot of room sound anyway, cause obviously, um, and, and, you know, kind of a more reverby thing, but like, I don't know how the idea came up where you just like cracked the door open. And because of that, it added this like whipping quality to the snare that just kind of goes like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it really, it like, it's such a perfect touch on 
the drum sound, like just that little added crack to the snare, you know, like that's like a, it's a brilliant production move. Yeah. And I think to that also, like we wanted it, everything to sound kind of like wet and like almost like blurred. I don't know if that makes sense, but mm. like there's a ton of reverb on everything, a ton of like echo and like effects and stuff in the hat. I don't like super like a drums with like a ton of fucking added like post effects or anything, but like just that organic reverb or echo or like slap from the, from having like that hallway mic uh, that when he cracked the door open uh, was like perfect. And it was shit like that, that I, when I heard the first draft or the mixes with the live drums, I had like a whole new, I was like, all right, I'm actually, I'm feeling this again. Cause like it took us, it took almost, I don't know, at least six months to record everything. God damn. We had to space everything out. Uh, we had everything written like before we even really scheduled it, but like it's just, you know, it's a lot of money and like Eric has a certain schedule and we wanted to do it right and like really take our time with it. So yeah, it took a long time. And so like six months, I'm like, I'm so fucking done with these songs. Like they right. just mean nothing to me at this point. I've heard them so many times. I've had to revise so many things. Like I'm just, I am sick of them. But then when I heard it with the live drums for the first time, I was like, all right, I have now uh, reinvigorated my like desire to fucking play these songs. And it was just like, yeah, dude, having Dan- I mean, Danny, you're not giving yourself enough credit, but like, uh, now he saw, he, he, I really think that this would not be, uh, would have like flopped if it wasn't for like Danny's drums. Uh, uh, Cause I have the drafts and they're, it's not the same. Yeah, I mean, but. you know, I appreciate it. I don't think it would have flopped, but I'm glad I was able to put my stamp on it. And um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm really lucky to be able to do a lot of this type of musical memorization for projects. Like, it's I feel like I'm growing from all these projects. Like, I, I feel like I'm getting better at it. Like, I can feel my abilities growing with working with these different composers and stuff that write complicated stuff and that like you know are doing things in a vein that i can like relate to because that's the thing is it's it's totally a different experience when it's something like you're going through the motions you're like playing something trying to put like heart into it but like you're not feeling it so there is like you know you can't really do that so you know when it's something that's just like you know offers me all the things I want, you know, like I get to play in this heavy way, but I can kind of like, you know, craft the more chaotic parts, like within my own style or whatever you want to call it. Uh, it was just so nice to play some heavy shit. Cause like my roots are in playing heavy, like, you know, whatever kind of mathy like rock. And then I just did a detour for like a decade or 12 years or something of like playing jazz, but it's like, that was never where my like creative fucking asshole heart was. Yeah. Some bolt, you know, it's some like, you know, whatever it is, uh, at least, you know, fucking my experience jazz. was just that it was like, I'm glad I learned that approach, but it, you know, genre wise, it was never really where like my creative brain was comfortable, you know? So yeah, you yeah. Kind of gave me the best of both worlds with that. Like get to just play these really spacious grooves, but also get to kind of like, lose my shit 
No, and that's true. I mean, because, like, I played a lot of jazz, too, when I was a wee lad. And uh, it's a very – it's, like, very cerebral. And there, there, there's, like, the Charles Minguses and the John Coltrane's and stuff where it's, like, super emotional and, like, you can – and they fucking have, like, crazy dynamics. But, like, a lot of the gig jazz that we were playing, like, standards and stuff that I would play for, like, a graduation party, you know – uh, it was not like where my like heart was like you, there was no emotional like catharsis or anything in that it's very right. like cerebrally stimulating because you're like i have to memorize all these changes and like think about ways to like solo over stuff and i'm sure there's like analogs to drums for that um but like there there's not that like release that like heavier stuff like noise rock or math core or even like even like clean math rock has like a lot of a lot more like dynamics and kind of like because it's all sort of rooted in a kind of like punk rock like experimental punk rock stuff right but yeah that's an, an important aesthetic i feel like it's something that's just a little bit like off the rails you know yeah, yeah. everybody like i'm sure a lot of musicians i'm sure most if not all like really highly skilled musicians that play a certain style proficiently like like they relate to it, like their, their heart is in it. So that's a, di if, if the person playing it is, you know, moved by that and that's where they feel their creativity lies, then they should do it, you know? But yeah, it's like, I, I'm in the same camp and it's just interesting. I think musicians that have learned that skill set, but that's, they want to direct it somewhere else. I think that's where a lot of the really interesting stuff happens. I'm, and I definitely, there's parallels of that in the math world with some of the like crazier bands that aren't just doing, you know, five for a while and then seven for a while and then five yeah yeah whatever. uh yeah those are yeah. pussy time signatures man. i know <laughs> with 13 eight if it's like an amount of fingers i have on my hands and no more like i'm, the fuck I'm already asleep yeah five. yeah <laughs> saying that having played a whole project with like 90 percent four four but i mean four four right. man it works don't fix no, it. No, of course. Like, it fucking works, man. 4-4. Four, four, I know the math core thing is like the 4-4 four, four with the X to it. It's get out of here, 4-4. Four, four. First of all, most math core bands play majority 4-4, four, four, even like some of the more technical ones. Um, and yeah, that should be their policy. Not your they shit. won't play it if it's in 4-4. Four, four. Like if you have more yeah, than yeah. like a yeah. few measures of 4-4, four, four, like even if they really like the track, they're like, sorry. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're not making it. <laughs> that is so like anti i don't know like it's so anti like authenticity to be like you have a part and you really vibe with it but you're like wait it's four four like yeah. fucking scrap it get that the fuck out of here Never mind. add yeah. an extra beat randomly even if it doesn't fit add an extra I mean, the logo like, makes sense yeah. in their case you know i get yeah, i yeah. get the logo for for math core index no no, no I, i'm just fucking with them no I, but i agree I, I mean, <laughs> they have like a super wide range of music that they cover and i'm sure they they like a lot of like non-math core stuff in their personal lives that doesn't play in all these crazy time signatures but like there is a kind of like over like intellectualizing of music sometimes with like technical stuff uh mm. and that's like not just in like heavy stuff like it's also in jazz and like a lot of like avant-garde like modern classical stuff where it's like it just sounds like a dissertation. It sounds like a dry fucking like academic project. And there's no real like emotion behind like any kind of the creativity, like just leave it. Nobody ruins music worse than musicians. Sometimes, you know what I mean? Like 
it's just like overanalyze it so much. And it's like, there is that meme of the, you know, like a Wojak guy being like, Oh, it's all feels man. Like I don't care about, but it's like, it's kind of some truth to that. Like you just have yeah. to, and you can't, I mean, and I, I totally am on board with like getting into music theory and trying things that are like a little more, you know, cognitively stimulating, but like when you lose sight of that, that's when you fucked up Right. when you're like, and like, I did find myself going down that path for a while when I was uh, like right before I was doing nursing where I was just, I would listen to a song and be like, oh, like it's not technical enough. Like I don't like it, but, you know, and it's, I had to kind of like refine music again. Cause when you're a kid and you listen to music and you know nothing about music, it's like, has this like magic to it. Right. You like elevate Cause you, you don't know how, it's made and it's like, it's, it's like beyond belief to you. You're like, how did any person make like, even like a, like I remember being like eight years old and listening to like blink 182 and just being like hearing a distorted guitar and being like, that's like magic. I have no idea how they're doing that. And, it, and like, once you, then I got into guitar and I started playing in bands and stuff. And you start learning, learning music theory and you're, and you listen to that again. And you're like, I know exactly what they're doing. It's fucking boring. And like, I, because you know how the sausage is made. And like, then you keep going further and further down and now nothing, it's like a fucking porn addiction or something. You just right. keep like upping the <laughs> intensity and like the. Now you can like, only get off if people are doing crazy solos and shit. Yeah. Like. <laughs> people doing like crazy Kama Sutra or whatever, like having shit in all directions. Yeah. That just made me want to ask you what kind of porn you're watching these days. What yeah, kind of porn I'm watching these days? Dude, I'm, I'm married, dude. I don't, I don't fuck with that. I, oh, and I, I see. That. And I'm pure. Save myself for the Lord. For the Lord's grace. I can't wait. I'm getting married in three weeks. Can't wait to finally see what it's like to hold hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's but, but no. Bring dude, porn, porn is terrible. Porn, porn's what talk about like the the title shit we were talking about, where it's like drugs that cause harm, but then you need it to like escape that harm. I'm like, porn is no bueno, man. Hmm. I'm fine. I'm not no fat. I think you should. I think that's a natural thing. But I just think porn is. I don't know. I might be going out on a limb here, but I think it's it's not. It can't be good for your like reward system. It's just like it fucks I get where hands. you're coming from with that. Yeah, yeah I, I, I can see, where, I can see where you're coming from with it. I think now I mean, there's we're no, no this turning back now. Like, we're like, I see what you're saying, and then we don't say anything more. <laughs> yeah, I see what you're saying. Anyway, moving on. I'm not gonna go down. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking pussies. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, to bring it back to the album, we got the album cover up on screen, and uh, talk about unhinged shit. Like, uh, where, where did the album cover? So, I mean, all the stuff that I had was just, I would browse like Instagram and stuff would be recommended to me through just like the Instagram algorithm. And I would just reach out. I reached out to, for this. So for the, um, for nursing, it was like the first person I reached out to got back to me. And I thought that that was what it's going to be like moving forward. I must've reached out to like 50 different people to see if I could use their artwork. And like, I actually had this guy, who I was, I, there was a guy who I was going to use his artwork. He's from Germany before, but he was making me like fill out all these like contracts and stuff. And they were in German. And I was like, I'm just not signing mm -hmm. my name on any of this. Stuff. Like he had all these like conditions and stuff. 
So I ended up saying like, I'm sorry, man, I can't work with you. This is becoming too much of like a fucking needle headache. Like I literally am doing this for a project that has zero viewers right now. We're right. not starting a business or anything like, uh, and yeah, Gina's stuff. She actually has, there's a lot of other artists that she works with. Uh, I just found her page, reached out to her and uh, she had stuff available for us to use. And yeah, I mean, it was like, when I saw her work, I was like, oh, this is like exactly the fucking like vibe I'm going for. And honestly, her work was really similar to the other guy I was working with, but she didn't make me draw up a fucking like uh, a fucking lease, a fucking 28 page lease to like use it for my fucking like random noise rock project. Uh, but uh, hey, his, they're yeah, awesome, I don't know. man. Like, just wait till this shit blows up, man. Hell yeah, they're gonna dude. Wish. They're... going right to the stars with this shit. <laughs> but uh, any day now, yeah, yeah. We're starting our own cri- crippling crypt, uh, crypto, crippling crypto, crypto, crypto coin, yeah, uh, cri- cripple coin, coin, yeah, yeah, crippling <laughs> coin. I have that, yeah. uh, that cripple yeah, coin, yeah. Sounds, uh... yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. Um, yeah, man. I mean, uh, honestly like that, it was just, that was just pure vibes. I guess I saw her work and I was like, that is the fucking world I'm trying to like paint. And she has done that visually in a way that I could never do. So I just, it was just awesome that we, that she was, she allowed us to use it. Um, that's dope. Yeah. Yeah, It's be hard to top that. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. Um, so what are the plans for the future? Uh, you got shows, you plan on doing some touring maybe? Eventually. Yeah. Um, it's tough because of our living in different cities thing. Uh, but it's really just getting to rehearse. Like I'm about to go on tour with this band, you bred Raptors for like two weeks or two and a half weeks. Uh, so like I, we were going to try and cram a rehearsal into this week, but then I was going to have to go to Massachusetts. Um, and, and then horse horse was playing upstate too on Friday. So like, I'm like just back and forth the whole time. So it's like, we were going to play this show, uh, with DB Cooper up there, but I don't know if it's going to go down just cause we're not able to like get together. So, but definitely this fall we're going to book some east coast dates and like at least do you know brooklyn and like maybe philly or maybe go upstate and then over to boston or something like that like uh we just we just need to get in a room with everybody yeah i mean it's tough because we've had a couple of invites now but we don't have a set solidified because like daniel is in new york he cucks me with like 50 other bands and uh (laughs) Um, no, but I mean, Danny's like a full-time musician. So he's like constantly going on tour and stuff. Uh, and, uh, so it's tough to get together, even for like a rehearsal. We definitely want to do it live. Another thing is like, there's just two of us and the album, if we want to do it, like how it's recorded, like there's like four guitar tracks at any given moment or like, including like the synth, that one. Uh, and so we're gonna have to find like musicians to I, we have two Let's right now, two of the track. guys. You play guitar, you have a backing track. Yeah, no, I mean, we were thinking about that. That that, that honestly yeah, keep, is probably the way to go. Yeah, keep, yeah, keep it simple. That's probably the way. It would be, I mean, I would love Jonathan? to. 
Are Pete and Jonathan? Yeah, so we so we have Pete and Jonathan from uh, or Jonathan's from nursing and needle play, and Pete was from uh, needle play, and uh, so we have both of them. Ideally, I wanted to just do vocals and have like two other guitar players doing all that stuff because it's like I feel like you can do a better. Uh, I don't know. There's a kind. You're one of the few people, Chris, who can do a one man show with that kind of energy <laughs> and play guitar and have all the fucking like. We're not. We can't do that, man. It's like that's your talent, and uh, <laughs> I want to just have like, just be like, do vocals and have the uh guitars handled by like other guitar players who are just focusing on that like i'd really love to have uh a live sound without a backing track or but i just don't know if that's like possible right now so i think we're gonna we have jonathan and pete pete's gonna play bass jonathan's gonna play guitar but even with them i think we still might need a backing track depending on how we depending on how it sounds we, we have yet to rehearse for the first time Okay. with those guys so well, yeah, we'll uh caleb see. from serlings in chat he's telling you to come play his house in maine uh and Brandon oh, yeah. serling says that db cooper sucks they do weed they do in fact do weed <laughs> so much they, they, and they do hot dogs they inject hot dogs into yeah. their asses <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> okay and i'm all for it uh so yeah you guys are involved in multiple other projects uh you want to go over them real quick just give us a little update on what's going on um yeah i'm about to talk for a long time i guess uh yeah, no, no, I mean, fucking every project like what project I, aren't well, you in that's a shorter list too i should just say like there's so much shit going on in this city musically that's like nutso and that I mean, has no York, home. So, yeah. like we're talking about all this stuff that has no home and no scene and no whatever and it's like it's like there's a scene of seamless music like there's yeah. there's multiple scenes of like uncategorizable crazy music and like you know over time and especially because i try to go out a lot and like any show that i'm remotely interested or like world of music that i want to know more about i'll like go and try to just talk to some people and figure out the labels involved, just all the logistics of it. And like, so yeah, so, um, you know, in addition to this project, Horse Torso obviously is my main project. Um, and the plans are to record another album next year. Like I have, I have an album written and I just need to like save some money really. Uh, and yeah, you know, and we play in the city, like, maybe once every couple months or something. And then we'll do an out of town show here and there, but it's like, I'm trying not to go too ham, too much ham on it because I, it's, you know, costing me money that I don't have. Uh, and then I play with this jazz violinist, Sana Nagano, who does really crazy kind of free improv stuff and also really mathy stuff. Um, and I play, I've been playing recently with this bassist, Jack Lynch, who's doing like some electronic crazy stuff. Um, yeah. And like a hand, oh, and then I just recorded this album with this amazing guitarist, Ryan Clackner. Um, that's also like free improv, but like very shreddy. Uh, and has, he's got kind of like a, like a black metal vibe going to like kind of a country vibe. It's like, a, he's like a really, 
he, he's also got like six bands i'll like send you his label it's like he's got a label with like a bunch of bands most of which he's in um black metal country shreddy band that's a, that's a hell no, of like, a mix right there. probably about mo- like a few of his project you know uh <laughs> Yeah, no. So yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff like that going on. Um, but you know, and every month it's like some months are completely dead and others are jam packed, you know? Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I'd say like those, those handful of projects, I'm like, you know, like they're going to be doing shows if they're not already. Um, and yeah. And then like whoever else wants to hire me, please do. I'm in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, hit me up please uh yeah <laughs> just cucking me even more so yeah, <laughs> so humiliating. Doing, Tony? just working a real yeah. job and making money and like i live with three people and i'm almost 40 <laughs> fuck you man dude you're living the fucking dream man what are you talking about uh, i mean i love it you're right i love yeah, it yeah you're so much happier than i am you know, yeah, when I'm able to get into the bathroom because there's three other people that are need to take a shit, but nice. you know, when I'm not busy, like... <laughs> Just yeah, go in the street. Like, it's New York, dude. Yeah, I mean, no one would smell the difference if I did. In fact, yeah, that's yeah. the main no smell. No one would even call the cops. <laughs> oh. dude, when I was in Brooklyn, that was definitely a thing. Yeah. Like, it was, it was you not... Take it was a not shit in the, you don't even need to take a shit in the sidewalk. <laughs> you just go in the road and cars will just, like, they'll honk, but they'll just go around you. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah well exactly like it'll, it'll be fine i'll put yeah. a cone i'll put cones around myself and then i'll be declared like official that's how you broke finger. your finger originally right you were shitting and fingering your ass in the street that's exactly what i was got doing. a little too carried away that's exactly <laughs> so folks, right be careful yeah i meant to go to the left and i went to the right yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah, I gotta work on tony you just have nursing or did you have some other stuff happening yeah i mean that's pretty much it I was in a bunch of projects uh, that kind of fell apart um, over the past, like since like COVID started. Uh, and yeah, it's pretty much just this one. I honestly, like I don't have a lot of time really. And like nursing that first album really fucked my sleep schedule up. Cause I was staying, I would get home late. And, like by the time I like had dinner and like kind of was able to unwind from work, I was like, all right, now I got to practice guitar for the next fucking three, four hours. And so, I don't know. It's just, it's tough. It's like, I just don't have a lot of time uh, for, for like multiple projects. And uh, yeah. And I get really obsessive. So it's like typically at any given point, there's like one project that I'm like really putting everything into. Uh, but we'll see. I don't know. What's that project for you right now? For that, that's this project where it's like really what I was. I mean, like, I definitely am still nursing. Again, it's more of like the, it's just so fun for me as a guitar player to play that kind of stuff. But it isn't exactly where my, like, emotions are, if that makes sense. Like, this one for me is more of like, I had a kind of emotive state that I was like, I really, that I felt like I didn't capture with nursing. And I was like, for this one, I like really want to focus on capturing that you know it's all feels man um so you guys don't have any merch yet are there plans we don't have shit yeah <laughs> are, are there plans though for uh like yeah yeah no something? we'll be there i mean it's just like it's saving up man again like, i would well, like you could do like a pre-order or something and then you know print off the pre-order 
Yeah. yeah, right. I imagine like when we get our like tour date type stuff together, it'll be all part of one bigger push. Like, you know, that'd be the time for us to just like have a product that we can sell at shows. And, you know, I don't know that my experience has been that that comes in handy the most just for something to have at shows because you play a good show and everyone wants to support you know, and then you might have a few leftovers that like you have on Bandcamp, but like, yeah, I don't know. I think that would make sense for us to sort of all do that stuff at one time when we're, but, but at the same time, I'm sure we'll play shows before we, I mean, merch takes so long. Yeah. Like I would have to imagine we'll have some shows under our belt by the time we get merch. So yeah. I mean, after, after my wedding in early October, when I finally can save some money, I'm going to do CD presses just like myself and uh, I'll probably do like two, 300 and see how that works out. And then like, I think we were talking about some people about maybe doing vinyl down the line, but like ideally we're trying to like, we have another thing that we're working on right now. um, Like the next, the second album for this and like that we're trying to like sell to like any, you know, label that might actually be interested in working with us. Uh, we're like this one, we didn't have any kind of following, you know, no one knew who the fuck we are. We're like, let's just put it out ourselves. I'm not going to like try to go label shopping or something, but for the second one, it would be great because it would alleviate a lot of the financial burden, which is a huge fucking hindrance for us. Right. Um, yeah. But I mean, I guess yeah, get in line. Everyone's trying to get that. Yeah. Right. Right. So I guess we could close this out with your album of the year so far. Ooh. Um, Shit. Well, like we've already discussed, I certainly love the Chat Pile album. Um, I knew I would, but I really, really do. Um, That's at the top for me right now, too. Yeah. Oh, for sure. No. Um, I don't know. I always have trouble with this question because I never remember, like, when anything came out, but uh all i can really think of well okay the band codeine from the 90s put out an album like a month ago or something and it sounds kind of like it might have come out then too uh yeah they're a great band um and to get jazzy on you i don't even know if this dude put out anything this year i think he did but there's this drummer, Christian Lillinger, a German dude. Uh, and the stuff he does with this vibraphonist, Christopher Dell, it's the craziest rhythmic shit. Even if you take away the other things that are happening, which like he does like um, gets these overtones out of cymbals by just striking them in different ways with different surfaces of the stick. And in, it's like, like it it's crazy shit i've never oh, look heard at overtone look at mr academia like, over here right <laughs> I, know, I, mean, I, I you know he makes these overtones sounding like I a piece of school. shit yeah the risk no, of being I a know. total fucking idiot <laughs> i totally um, know what overtones are yeah you know it's i mean i guess i bring that up because it's like <laughs> i feel like that's the kind of stuff that translates like you could have a show that's like mostly like math core or something and then like throw that on there and people would like mosh to it probably because uh, it's just crazy and you just don't know what's going on at any given second. Uh, yeah, check him out, Christian Lewinger. Anyway, your turn, Tony. 
Dude, I'm I'm gonna I'm sorry this is a bit of a cop out, but like I fucking hate album of the year stuff. I don't know. It just bugs me personally. Cause it's like I don't I'm not eight years old. I don't have like a favorite color and like a favorite number and like I'm not I like what I like in that moment. Like there's tons of stuff that comes out all the time. Well, what'd you like uh, this year that, so far? It's not the I mean, favorite thing. Again, I'm I'm with Danny where it's like I can't even really keep track of um uh like when things come out, I mean, obviously the was it God's Country, the that Chapai album was like phenomenal, and I knew it was going to be. Um, but like, I've been listening to just weird shit from like a long okay, time well, ago. What's the what? This, what are you listening to right now? That's really good. You I'm listening to a lot of Persian pop. The fuck? Okay, from, from Iran. Yeah, dude. From I was like the not 70s. expecting that. Okay, dude. It's it's the shit, man. I'll send. I can send you like a playlist. I can't pronounce anyone's names because uh, <laughs> it would just be like insensitive and in how horrible the you know mispronunciation would be. Yeah. But it, what, dude, Persian pop is the shit because they do like Western kind of like song structures and like tonality and like chord progressions and stuff. But they have they come they have that Persian scale right like from just like traditional more traditional like Persian music and when they mix it together it's like poppy like baroque pop songs that are like haunting and they have mm. so much dissonance and like tension and it's like it'll fucking unzip you it'll just like break you it's awesome oh. okay Definitely. yeah send me some yeah. some uh, uh yeah dude it's song. the shit. I said yeah, Eric. Some. I can was, see how that sound would really that. be intense. Yeah, that, yeah. Just this that type of scale does like give a certain feeling that you don't get in Western music. Yeah, and depending on how you like superimpose those two, it's like a really strong emphasis on like the major seven or like the like or, or like major nines and stuff like that, and even like sort of passing tones and shit like that in like pop music, and it's it sounds very good. But yeah. Caleb in chat That's, says uh, microtonal pop. Is that like what? Yeah, yeah. No, it's not microtonal. It's just like, uh, I don't know, Persian scale, right? It's a, Dan, you went to school for this shit. Persian scale yeah, is like I a, mean, there's like I a, mean, is it, not just harmonic fits. minor, but I didn't go to, I mean, like, I don't, like my, yeah, pull the thing that I want to say is harmonic minor, but that doesn't seem right. Like it's. No, it's its own thing. And it would be like. There's the, the scale that's got like what like three half steps in a row or something it's got something really chromatic like in the middle of it uh, but I totally okay don't so it's it yeah it's a whole step or no half step whole st step half step half step half step so there's those three half right steps. right right yeah 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 that's where that is and then the whole step whole step half step see man we made it fucking nice and nerdy for you nice. you, know, yeah, you gave me all this shit and then you yeah, yeah yeah you bested me <laughs> but well, is there anything else I'm you guys? Wiki I'm literally on Wikipedia right now, so I kind of cheated. <laughs> but, is there anything else you guys want to say before we head on out? Uh, dude, thank you so much for having us on, and uh, yeah, dude, I fucking love you. Are the most rise and grind musician or music uh, participant person that I know. Like, just nonstop fucking grinding, which respect the shit out of. I appreciate so, it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude, it it's really inspirational. I don't know. I would say yeah, Dan, Danny's probably the, the most rise and grind guy like, uh, in, what, like a thousand Danny was playing baseball for like eight hours today. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Crack addicts. 
No, no, I mean, no, I, no, no, no. Danny's extremely hardworking as well. I'm just saying, like, your work ethic is like, and just like tenacity is fucking, you know, it's inspiration. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. I mean, one thing to really channel that into like random other people's projects where a lot of the things are already worked out and you're just kind of like coming in and like doing your part, like, you know, like you're. Yeah. This is like a level of a degree of like entrepreneurship, really, like on your part. Of yeah, like, yeah. Like your your own your own project, and then the podcast, and then like, you know, your merch is killing, and like you've got like, you've got like approaches that are unique for all the different like endeavors you have, and it's like you get big names too, man. Like shit's happening for you. I'm really oh, dude, wait till you see yeah. the next four, the next four names. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude, that's why it will. Anyway, thanks so much for having us on, like, even fucking considering it. And um, do you watch those, like, entrepreneur fucking rise and grind, like, no. that content? No. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I can't see knew. you watching that. No. no, like, neither did I. But, like, some, just, like, the, you know, the most, like, unlikely people will get into that kind of shit. Where it's just, like, uh, you know, like, 4 a.m. awaken, like... <laughs> 4 5 a.m jerk off to like hardcore porn get the fucking blood going like because if you took that kind of uh approach to uh um you know fucking people out of their pensions like you'd be a millionaire but, dude, that's crazy anyway, dude. Yeah. if there's a video a where a dude says you know wake up at 4 a.m and then jerk off to get the blood flowing i have to see it so if, if you know that video you gotta send that to me because I, I would love to so fucking funny. Holy a video of him jerking out. No, <laughs> yes, the video yeah, of him doing... that's all I heard. I have yeah. to see it. Tony. I'll send you a video of me jerking off at 4 a.m. Yeah. That's probably the clip. Honestly, that's probably what I'm going to be putting up on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Save it nice. till the end. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so if you're into some dark as hell experimental noise rock, you got to check out when the drugs that made you sick or the drugs that made you better. The debut album from Crippling Alcoholism, which dropped back in uh, August. Uh, you're on Facebook, Bandcamp, Instagram, and all streaming platforms. Are there any like social media things that I didn't didn't pick up on? Any like websites you're trying to send people to? Anything like that? Uh, just Instagram, right? I mean, we have a yeah. Facebook, so I think it's like a Pornhub account. Like, uh, please like it. <laughs> Yeah. All right. You have two Instagram accounts, actually. You really should get one. <laughs> I know, Tony. Deleted. You got to delete that other one. <laughs> I know. I'm just so lazy. <laughs> just... Why'd you delete the wrong one? Or yeah, yeah. I suck at being. No, I, I definitely tagged the wrong account in uh, one of the posts. I, <laughs> I mean, yeah, like dude, I said, yeah, I'm a boomer too. I don't know how to how to do it either. Like... Right. Right. Thanks so much, Chris. Oh, absolutely, man. Uh, as for me, drop my channel, follow so you always know when I go live. You can also sub to get access to the interviews before they hit YouTube and streaming services, as well as get some exclusive emotes. Uh, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. YouTube folks, if you like the video, please drop a like, tickle the notification bell. Don't forget to subscribe. It's a great way to support me for free. Check out my music with Sound and Ins Creation at soundandinscreation.com. My next guest is 156 Silence, who dropped their debut album, Narrative, back in August through Sharp Tone Records. Join us this Sunday, the 18th at 6 central that's 6 p.m central this time for the live cast it's an hour earlier uh thanks for being here guys hope you had a great time yeah, thanks, thanks so much, so much. hell yeah and thank right. you guys for watching and listening Bye.